Let's try again. Okay. I'm Shiloh. I'm Amelia. And this is Plead the Belly, a podcast about women and the crimes they commit. This podcast contains disturbing and explicit content, viewer, and, well, you can look at it. Listener discretion is advised. Open your present. Oh, no. Do you want to tell them? It was Shiloh's birthday earlier this month. Uh, and I missed it. <laughs> but happy late birthday. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be last month. Yeah. It'll be like a month from my birthday. That's true. But And Amelia really wanted me to open this on the air. And then she also said my wife really wanted me to open this on the air. I said your wife approved. I don't remember if we talked about it. I did talk to some people about having you open it on the air, though. Do it. Do it. I just don't Do know it. if I should be scared. What if I don't like it and then it's recorded on the air? <laughs> better (laughs) (laughs) okay all right here i go i'm pulling it's wrapped very nice in this red um tissue paper which makes me think of blood um like our podcast like our podcast so let's see oh (laughs) why (laughs) it's a framed (laughs) oh my god you guys i had to read it wait take them off and try to open them too what do you mean? Oh, it won't open? Oh, ha ha. You got it. That's so funny. You glued it? All right. So Amelia gave me this framed scissor. And then on the blade of the scissor, it says, I'll cut this. But it's glued shut because I'm not going to cut anything with this. And I love it. And it's going to be hung at my desk at work. So I see it every time I edit the episodes. I Yay. do. I do like... I love the gift, but I do have to defend myself. What you hear is so much cut. It's true. We cut so much. It's true. I I tell people that because they're always like, Shiloh always says she's going to cut stuff and then she never does. I was like, oh no, she cuts a lot. (laughs) She cuts a lot. Well, thank you. That's, I really like that a lot. (laughs) And we'll put a picture of that on the social media too, I think, because I think everyone needs to see how awesome this is. I thought it turned out. It's pretty cute. That's like, oh, it's really thoughtful in a mean way. (laughs) Right? That's how I roll. I know. Thoughtful in a mean way. I mean, I did give you blood soap for Christmas, so. Exactly. I think that's even. I think we're even. Um, So one of my friends who listens to the podcast was like, hey, it's your one year anniversary. Oops. It's your one year anniversary for the podcast, right? I was like, yeah, it is. We're excited. And she's like, I had a I had a thought that you should have gotten a cake that said, like, instead of it's a boy, it said it's a podcast. Oh. I was like, oh, we should have. So if anyone wants to buy us a cake. Yeah. And then come to Amelia's house. Mm-hmm. We'll give you the address. Send me your, in the DM. Yeah, I'll you have you- to prove purchase of cake first, though, before yeah. you get an address. <laughs> Do you have shout outs? I just did my or- shout out. It was about the cake. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to cut it back around. That's okay. I I do cut things. <laughs> I don't think I have any shout outs. Just um, remember, this is one year. We're going to do that giveaway. We're definitely going to remember to buy it. And our Patreon should be up like really right now. Yeah. By the time this airs, I bet it'll be up. Like we're promising right now that it will be. And if that means I don't sleep this weekend, then so be it. Um. But this is how it's going to work. If you would like to be entered into our giveaway to win this beautiful Tonks fanny pack, then you need to become a Patreon. And how you do that is you go to the link that we're going to put on the internet in the website, and then you give us money. And then by the end of June, you might get a fanny pack. Yeah. It's simple. It's it's so easy. 
It's so easy. Cool. So how's Tonks Tong- gets to eat dandelions? Holy sure. smokes. It's- Finally, spring here, summerish. The dandelions are thriving, especially in our yard, and they're Tonks's favorite thing. So we don't treat our yard with any chemicals, so we can give them to her. Does she get like crazy? Is it like a ca- caffeine, or is it just like she enjoys she just it? Really, it's not like catnip for cats or anything. Okay. She just really enjoys it. She has a really good butt twitch when she eats them. Oh, it's so cute! When well, yeah. you get a video, yeah, that we can put on our Patreon I'll try. site. I will try. Of cute funny videos eating dandelions <laughs> i'll work on it okay i can't promise anything she's very camera shy she tends to stop being cute once the camera's on weird my cats do that too like she they know she knows because sometimes we then show them the pictures <laughs> like do you like this one i show tonks my background on my computer is tonks and i show her every time she's in my lap and she doesn't care so regular announcements, don't forget to check us out at pleadthebelly.com where you can see all of our links to all of our stuff. That pretty much sums it up. Today, we are talking about Patty Hearst, who you may have heard of through lots of different things. Um, I've heard of her a lot. She always comes up in these cult like lists, but I never click on her because it's like, the little blurb is never like, ooh, really interesting cult story. They're just like, rich person joins, gets brainwashed and robs bank, which is... Now yeah. I think it's interesting, yeah. now that I know the story. But the headline of it just kind of was like, mm, I'm going to go for these cannibals. It's not... Yeah. I... I'm going to be real with you. Oh. Until we started researching her, I thought she was one of the people, one of the women who tried to assassinate the president. Because, you know, like... There was that woman who was with Charles Manson, and he ordered her to try to assassinate. Oh. I thought that was Patty Hearst. Like I, once I googled her, I knew it wasn't. But she's also on our list, so we may need to do the assassinating, the attempted assassin too. I just want to say something because when and I don't know, maybe I'm being a little too raw on the stream here. But when we started doing this podcast, so many people were like, "Aren't you going to run out of content?" and aren't you you'll never are you gonna run out of women who are criminals or whatever but we're literally at the point where we're like i thought it was this one and it's actually (laughs) this one like there's so and we have i mean the spreadsheet goes forever and we're never we never even pick off the spreadsheet no we haven't even used it i just keep adding names to it yeah we've barely even picked off we find a new one every time so you know what don't even if you're listening to this and you're like oh my god they don't know who patty hearst is didn't they go to college like you don't understand what we read every week. Like, there's so much in, in my brain now about about this, and it's weird. Same. True. <clears throat> also, don't tell us that we're going to run out of people, because it bugs both of us. Yeah, we'll probably say something to you and call you a mansplainer, but it's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. Don't do it. Don't do it. Tell me about Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst was kidnapped on February 4th, 1974, in Berkeley, California, at her boyfriend's apartment by the revolutionary Symbionese Liberation Army, the SLA. Why? So, so much of the headlines I see are is like, she just kidnapped. Oh my God, why? I did not know this. She was very wealthy and she like belonged to a newspaper owner. Like her dad, her She belonged family. to a newspaper <laughs> No, she was their daughter. She didn't, she belonged to their family. That's what I meant to say. Her family owned a newspaper. Not, not that they owned her, but that she was part of a family that owned a lot of newspapers. Because that used to be how you were back in the day, in the 70s. That's newspaper how was how you got rich. It wasn't tech. 
She was rich because of newspapers, because her family owned all these newspapers. And that used to be how family, that used to be like the most powerful thing. And now it's Facebook. All I can think of is in um, Spider-Man, there's that guy, there's the guy who has the cigar and he wants the pictures of Spider- That's what I'm thinking of. That's how I picture her dad. Oh, yeah. That's not what he looks like, I'm sure. Can we pretend though for the rest of the episode? What's his name? In Spider-Man? Dude, we gotta stay on track. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most on track we've been. So, um, her father was very wealthy, wealthy and owned the newspapers, and that's actually why they kidnapped her, because they were trying to, like, get noticed, because they were this small little group, they kind of sucked, no one knew who they were. They were only, like, like there's, like, ten of them, right? There was, yeah. It was really small. I think, I'll just tell you about them, because it's really kind of interesting to me how they got started. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just... I just, when I was reading how they got started and then what they did, I just can't even believe they pulled it off. Like, they're just like, I don't know. It's a whole thing. So this group, the Symbionese Liberation Army, formed in Berkeley just months before she was even kidnapped. So it's not like they were around for a while, like, drumming up any kind of support. That's wild. And this is the 70s, so you have all kinds of political groups. And so having things like domestic terrorism bombings kidnappings things like that was actually kind of normal and i don't know it's kind of weird because now we have violence now that's pretty normal but it's not like that no so i had to kind of check in with myself a little bit um so the guy who started it his last name was defreeze and he kind of started this in prison because he was in prison in california and he started, he was just kind of, like, radicalizing with other prisoners. And then he escaped from prison. Oh. Yeah. And he escaped from prison. And then he went to be with his friends. And they, like, gave him a safe house or whatever. And two of his friends, Bill and Emily Harris, um, they were there. And then they met with a bunch of their friends. And, it like, this little thing of, like, was, like, seven to ten people literally, like, created this group. And, and so this is what they're... Their priorities were mostly they were militant and it's like described as loosely Marxist and and their um, priorities were to end racism, monogamy, the prison system and quote all other institutions that have been made and sustained by capitalism. That is quite a variety of things. It's pretty broad to have that as your main mission How do you end monogamy? I guess you force people to not be monogamous. Seems... That seems like an odd choice to throw on in there. I don't know. This is okay. this is what they wanted to do. Alrighty. Yeah, so um but they were like trying to be this little political group and everyone was like, Who are you? So they're like, No one knows who we are. We have to get noticed and that's why they targeted Petty Hearst, because they're mm. like, I know I'll kidnap one of the most famous people in the spotlight right now. You're and- gonna hate me. Why? How old was she when she got kidnapped? Like, was she 18? She was young. 19. Okay, yeah. Yeah. How, were they around the same age as her? Do you know? Mm, I don't know what their ages were, actually. Because, okay. like, the way the group is described, it sounds like a bunch of angry college students who, like, want to change things, but don't actually have thoughts for how to change them. Like, I got the feeling that they had, like, a lot of feelings, but not a lot of, yeah, like, good follow through but i don't think they were college students no that's why i was wondering how old they were no i think they're a little bit older um yeah it was basically that they were like 
Like when you're in high school and you're like, this town sucks, man. They were like that. Like Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah. They were pretty Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, they're just trying to make a stink. But they did get noticed. They kidnapped Patty and then they 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 got noticed. But it was like when she got kidnapped and everyone's like, oh, the SLA took her. Like literally everyone's like, who? What? Are you kidding me? Who are these little babies who... Do you have how they kidnapped her? Oh, yeah. They just went into her boyfriend's apartment and, like, beat him up and took her. Oh. Like, she was just sitting there. They were watching TV. That's and they just walked much in. much easier than I... Like, yeah, it was pretty... Like, they just must have stalked her for a while. Okay. They knew where she lived. Like, they figured out where she lived. Because, like, it's a 70s security's not, like... Yeah. You know. We can't just go to a celebrity's house these days, I guess. But, no, they just walked in and took her and whatever. And then, um... They made her, like, do recordings to, like, tell her family she was okay or whatever. And then they tried to ransom her for, like, a lot of money. But they wanted her dad to give them money for food donations. For food donations. They wanted him to donate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And his, her dad did it for a while. But yeah. then she wasn't released. But he gave, like, a lot of money. And I just want to backtrack just a little bit. So they actually killed someone before they kidnapped um patty so it was really quick like he escaped from prison and then he got all his friends together and then they moved to this safe house in california um oh it says the small group it was a small group of mostly white upper middle class well-educated young men and women led by an escaped black convict and they were determined to create a violent revolution but so what they did was their whole is like a whole bunch of white people plus a black guy whose whole mission was to end racism, basically. Um, so then how they did that at first was they went to kill a black person, uh, <laughs> which just blows my mind. But as this uh, superintendent at a school and he the superintendent like supported a student identification policy, which he actually withdrew his support from. What does that mean? Like, what do you mean? I think it's student- kind of like. I didn't get too much into it, but from the context of what I was reading, it sounded like when you're taking, like, students of color and, like, so, like, the cops or whoever knows who's in that school, right? Like, And he supported that. Yeah, he okay. was, like, supporting that. And then he, like, withdrew his support because it would have obviously targeted people of color really yeah. unfairly. But they just killed him. Um, oh, yeah, and so then two of the members were caught at a traffic stop, and then they ended up finding, and that's how they ended up finding them. So they're, like, on the run at this point. Like, almost as soon as after they killed him, they were after Patty, because they're like, we did this thing, and no one's talking about us. No one knows who we are or what we so stand So wait, they for. killed the guy after they kidnapped Patty or no, before? No, before. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's, I think you want to take it from there, right? Yeah. On how they, like, yeah turned her. Um, I was just watching vampires, so... I'm, my head's in a really weird spot. I'll cut that. It's a day. Um, so I think they're, the SLA's weird because I always thought, like, from what I heard, I thought that they were, like, way more organized and, like, better at this. Me too. <clears throat> the media makes them sound so scary. But yeah. then when I read about them, they're just, like, the little punks from my hometown. Yeah, they're just dumbass people who, <laughs> instead of graffitiing, decided to, like, murder people. Yeah. Okay. I guess I shouldn't say they're not scary. They did kill somebody. Yeah. And, I mean, like, like they're... kidnap a really famous person. But, yeah, I thought they were much more influential and better organized. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So... On April 3rd, so two months after Patty was taken captive, she released an audio tape that announced that she became part of the SLA. And everyone was like, what the Like, fuck? I gave them the food money. Yeah, the dad was like, what the heck? 
Um, and then she keeps releasing more tapes. So I think I think with the first tape, everyone was like, that's fake. They're making her say it. But then she kept releasing more tapes and she started calling her family just like terrible names and, you know, like uh, capitalist pigs and kind of stuff. And then people were like, oh, maybe she is part of the SLA. And then she started participating in SLA-led criminal activity, including robbery and extortion. Um, and including in the robbery, um, or sorry, including in the extortion, they took an estimated $2 million from her father during her months in captivity. Right? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Even for rich people, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Especially in the 70s. Right. Inflation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She took on a new name, Tanya. Um, and then on tape, she started, so she started going to banks and robbing them with the other SLA people. And they have her on tape, like barking orders at bar- bystanders and providing cover to other people in her org. Um, she also helped make explosive devices for the SLA mm. uh, with the purpose of killing policemen. Ah. And they used those in August. So now she was taken in February. April, she's like, I'm on the SLA's team. August, they started using her explosives. One of them didn't work, which I think. You know, again, these are, um, they're pretty newbies at this. Yeah. One didn't work, but one did. So, yeah. So, she also helped murder people. Um, So, the main theory for this is that she developed Stockholm Syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think, so one of the reasons this case is really big is because famous person was taken, but also because this is one of the first times we talked about Stockholm Syndrome, like Mm -hmm. as a thing that actually happens. So the definition is Stockholm Syndrome is when hostages begin to develop positive feelings towards their captors an effect thought to occur when the victims initially frightening and frightening experiences with their captors are later countered with acts of compassion or camaraderie by those same individuals Mm -hmm. so just in case anyone doesn't know and did you read like she did an interview about what they did to her when she was first kidnapped did you read about that because that like almost makes it a lot more believable yeah i have that okay um so i'm gonna skip down a little so stockholm syndrome she's committing these crimes but Later, she was caught and put on trial. So here, so she was caught. They started to track her. So I read several things that said that the report, like that the investigation to find her was bumbled. But I don't know. I didn't find details about what that meant. So like they made it sound like the FBI was incompetent when they were trying to find her. Yeah. Which kind of surprises me because like she's a celebrity. And well, I read. Well, no, she said this in an interview that. Because I watched one of her interviews, she, the the police, the FBI, they knew that she was a target. Like, they had intelligence that she was a target, and they didn't tell her or her family. Oh. Like, before she got captured. Before she got kidnapped. So, That's... leading in on that note, I don't know. That's wild. I don't know. I guess we'd have to look more into it. I but know that. <laughs> All right. So, in May, to, in May uh, two SLA members were caught trying to steal an ammunition belt from a nearby store. So they were nearly caught. And then the FBI caught a break because their getaway van, van their getaway van was discovered. And that led Elsa, that led the authorities to an SLA safe house. Mm-hmm. So they found the safe house. The next day, the LA police surrounded the house and there's a huge shootout. Um, the building went up in flames and six members of the SLA died, including DeFreeze. 
In the fire. In the fire. Yeah. So six of them is like half of their people. So they were like, cool. Now we just have to find Patty Hearst. She's probably one of these bodies, but she wasn't there. So they keep trying to find her and she's like on the run and stuff. So then in September of that year, um, so September 1975, after more than 19 months with the SLA, she was captured by the FBI. She weighed only 87 pounds ah. and was described by the doctor who checked her out as a low IQ, low affect zombie. And I thought this was interesting. Her IQ had dropped by like 10 points. How? Because she wasn't eating or because was she on drugs? What, like what both happened? Both of them, yeah. So both because she wasn't eating and because she was on drugs, huh. they drugged her. Um, so they caught her at this point, they're going to put her on trial. So this is where the Stockholm syndrome kind of starts to happen. So she's saying, she said that she felt isolated and that no one was going to rescue her. And she also said that she was sexually abused by the gang members. Her trial made me really mad. I don't know if you researched it at all. Um, I didn't because I find it more fun to hear it from you. (laughs) Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add before I talk about the child? Um, no. I do have, like, a, like, just kind of a fun fact that I just found bizarre was I ended up on the FBI website, and apparently the FBI has a podcast, so you know I listen to it, <laughs> and they were talking to, like, some of the investigators who did this, and w- that van that they followed to the safe house, they found the van by looking for, like, fraudulent utility bills because that's how they would that's how they would identify they had no leads so that's how they would identify um potential safe houses because apparently this whole like militant group thing was so common especially in california where they were just like okay uh we have another militant group guess we're just gonna like look for houses that have the water shut off and start there so they did and then they found the van but no one was in there so they followed the van to the according to the fbi podcast that's interesting yeah, it was weird it was to weird. listen to. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. No, that's cool. All right. So her trial was kind of bullshit. So Judge Oliver Jesse Carter did not. So the, basically, I feel like he was super prejudiced against her. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say it. I think he was a jerk. He didn't allow um, testimony that stylistic analysts uh, indicated that the Tanya statements in the writing were not composed by Hearst. So they had like a a writing, what's the word? Analyst. A writing analyst, like examine um, the statements that she put out. And he determined that Hearst didn't write everything, which is one of their cases is saying like, no, she fully bought into this. Like, look at these writings that she did. And the judge said, that's great. We're not going to allow the counter evidence to say that, no, she didn't actually write these in the case. Mm. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Uh, but he did permit the prosecution to introduce statements and actions about Hearst. Um, about, oh, wait. He allowed the prosecution to introduce statements and actions of Hearst after the robbery as evidence of her state of mind during the robbery, which is kind of weird. Because, like, generally that's hearsay yeah like you shouldn't you're not supposed to allow things that give a state of mind if someone can speak to it but he allowed basically he was like allowing someone else to say what they thought her state of mind was during the robbery right that's not okay and then he also allowed evidence of a recording made by the jail authorities of a friend's visit with her in which she used profanities and spoke of radical and feminist beliefs but he didn't allow the interviews 
of Hearst by a psychiatrist. So, like, oh my gosh, yeah, he it let, seems very biased. Yeah. Um. So he let all this evidence in that like made her look like a radical, like she was radicalized in part of it, but then he didn't allow like psychiatrist evidence, which I think is bonkers. That is weird. Do you think it's because? because she's a woman or do you think it's because she's famous like it felt like there was a lot of tension on this case because she was famous so they're like oh are they gonna let her off because she's famous or are they gonna punish her more like yeah i think some of it was that i think some of it was like she caused a stir and like is famous and i also think some of it is there's a quote later that i think he was very anti-feminist yeah so um and it was the 70s yeah the f word was not Not yeah yeah um and then in court hearst made a poor impression and appeared lethargic probably because she weighed 87 pounds and they caught her and she wasn't exactly doing too hot Mm -hmm. so in spring of 1976 she was convicted of bank robbery and sentenced to 35 years in prison basically the jury didn't believe that she was brainwashed um so at the time there was two other theories besides stockholm syndrome and i think i think these theories got more press at that time than the stockholm syndrome one did sure so one of them was the theory that she fell in love with one of the group members which was and the guy was named Cujo. okay um and then the second one was that she joined the sla's mission out of fear sympathy fear of sympathy so basically fear of what though like fear of them i think i think fear of them and then also sympathizing with them like because this is like Isn't the that idea kind of, of what Stockholm syndrome is. Yeah, but I think they still saw it as a like her she, choosing it kind of oh, sure. versus being like versus not having another choice or whatever. Yeah. I guess it's a like brainwash whatever you want to call it, I guess. Yeah. Basically the jury didn't think she actually had Stockholm syndrome. Um so during this time before they could sentence her, the first judge died. Oh, and so a second the, the judge, one who was being like this yes. he died oh so a second judge um william horsley Oric jr got to decide her sentence and this confused me because when i was researching i was like a bunch of these say she got 35 years and others say she got seven years and why are these sources wrong because it's from the 70s and i she feel got, like we should know didn't she get pardoned though like, no well so she, the first judge sentenced her to 35 years in prison but the second judge the one who actually got to decide her sentence like and where she went only gave her seven years i see and so he commented that rebellious young people who for whatever reason become revolutionary and commit acts commit criminal acts will be punished but he seemed a little more sympathetic to her right so then she goes to prison um in prison she suffers a collapsed lung and had to be kept in solitary confinement because other people kept trying to attack her right because she's super rich and famous in prison yeah Duh. <laughs> yeah. So, luckily, though, like Shiloh said, Hearst actually served less than two years. She was released in 1979 after President Jimmy Carter commuted her prison term. And I think this is because people then believed that she had Stockholm Syndrome. Like, I think that the trial was a big deal and the judges felt like they had to punish her. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, everyone was like, but she had Stockholm. Like... Yeah, you like you think there's a lot of public pressure. I think so. Do you think? I mean, at this point, what's being published in her in her family newspapers though? Um, like, I was wondering that because Stockholm syndrome is real, but I also like when it comes down to like what she actually did. It's like, well, does that mean she's not accountable though? 
Yeah. You know, and so that gets really great for me. And then it's also like, well, then if it's like, you know, a lot of public pressure, does that coming from these newspapers that her family owns or is it coming from actual court evidence that I'm just that we, maybe I, I don't not seeing it. Yeah. All, you know, this was a weird this was weird to research because it's really recent, like compared to other mm-hmm. things that we've researched. But I feel like there wasn't a lot about the case. Right. Like, I was annoyed because I looked on a bunch of websites and most of them just had the, like, she was radicalized because of Stockholm Syndrome and then, like, they let her go and she didn't serve that long in prison. But most places didn't have anything about the case. Mm-hmm. Um, And I had to look on Wikipedia for that and I found a bunch there. But then when I tried to, like, look at the sources Wikipedia used, most of them didn't give me more information so i was kind of annoyed because i was hmm. like i would like to know more about I yeah like what I'm was just the public curious. yeah yeah like like i'm i'm i saw some interviews with her perspective right and then of course we see the judge's perspective here and like the outside perspective of like you can see the videos of her and everything mm-hmm. but i i think i'm just kind of left wanting more with yeah. this because i just i don't doubt her but i also don't know like at what like where that where we determine where the responsibility lies for yeah. the things she really did do and like you said like she's famous her family's famous did she get her sentence commuted because they actually believed it was stockholm or did mm-hmm. her family put pressure on people i don't know i, I didn't know. find nearly as much as that as i thought i would so this is interesting so in 2000 she applied for a presidential pardon and the u.s attorney at the time said i strongly oppose the the pardon application of Patricia Hearst. The attitude of Hearst has always been that she is a person above the law and that, based on her wealth and social position, she is not accountable for her conduct, despite the ver- the jury's verdict. Uh, and that U.S. attorney was Robert Mueller. Mueller! Which I was like, what? <laughs> this so- guy had a job before he was the special counsel? What? Yeah. I, I always forget that people have, like, I always forget that George H.W. Bush will work for the CIA. Because I'm like, no, he was the president, but you yeah. have to, like, do things before. Yeah, you have to, like- yeah. No, I felt the same. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> so, obviously, some people felt like she was just getting things because of her family's position. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in January 2001, shortly before he left the White House, Bill Clinton ga- granted her a full pardon. And this is wild. So, I was reading... My husband, like, what happened? I was giving him, like, the short spiel of this. And he was like, this is like a soap opera. Because it's like this rich woman who gets kidnapped and then goes to court for a short time. And then she gets a pardon. So then she went on to become an actress and married her formal bard- former bodyguard. Um, she appeared in a bunch of films by John Waters, who I love. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So she was in Crybaby, Serial Mom, and Cecil B. Demented. She also wrote a book called Every Secret Thing. And then uh, in 2015, her Shih Tzu Rocket won the toy category of the Westminster Club Dog Show. I thought that was interesting. Also, just one quick loop back to SLA. The last two members were arrested in 1999 and 2002. So they actually caught everyone who was in the SLA. That was interesting. That is interesting. I do know one of the members was doing a documentary for CNN, but I didn't watch the documentary. I know I wanted to. There's, if anyone wants more, there's a ton of documentaries with her and Mm -hmm. a bunch of books about this. Like, it's a really popular Mm -hmm. topic. I think that's why I'm a little more confused why there's not more discussion around 
seems like everyone's kind of glossing over the same points. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I felt. Like every website had the same information. I was like, but I want more about this trial and like yeah. why the judge did this and how she got out after two years. If, I had a really hard time finding that. Feels like you have the FBI in one hand and then the Hearst family in the other hand, kind of controlling the narrative. Right. In the research I saw, um, and and then the rest of us are just trying to make a story for our own like media things mm-hmm. out of that but i don't know like i when i started this i was like really like on her side like oh yeah you, this sucks people shouldn't kidnap you but then, but then no, the it just I, got really I complicated felt that way too i know and i was like i didn't i like she she she's issued a lot of public statements like i yeah. think she's been very public about it and she's obviously said like she regrets her actions and stuff but it I don't know. She's an actress. <laughs> and I don't know that I necessarily feel like she. I mean, I, th- I don't know. I do feel like her statements have been genuine. Like, and I do feel like she was like, I do think that there was some kind of like control or manipulation yeah. or Stockholm syndrome there. I just like it just doesn't. The story just doesn't feel complete to me. Right. I feel and like I, there's something that we don't know. Not yeah. to sound like a Or maybe it's just that this was like a nobody group until they maybe that's just what it, it is just that like they mm-hmm. were kind of nobodies and then they kidnapped this famous person and that's really what all it was and i don't know i don't, I don't know. know this one i don't know it just i don't know this one was much more interesting than i thought it was gonna be yeah i will say that yeah and i also do understand why it keeps showing up i just never understood why it kept showing up on these cult websites right and i was like but no and then as i got deeper into the story I, I can see how it has elements of that. It's still not a cult, though. These radical groups, though, are almost their own kind of interesting, and they do kind of use similar tactics in a lot of ways, mm. but so do, like, regular, normal, socially acceptable religions <laughs> and colleges and Everyone. companies. And <laughs> so... Yeah. So I that's it. Well, Patty Hearst, everyone, and um, if you have any thoughts, give make sure to... Uh, Send them to us on Twitter or Facebook or email us. There's a uh, link to do that on our website, pleadthebelly.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I tried not to breathe into this. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) No, that was me. Well, it was a little little wonky. Because you gave me so much caffeine. Dude, stop blaming me. You should (laughs) know your own caffeine uh, you gave me so much caffeine, my heart felt like it was going to explode. I'm sorry and that I you're like, weak. <gasps> <gasps> I like, thought you could handle iced coffee. In iced? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I usually don't drink iced coffee. That just sounds like so much work, right? It's so much work. Drinking iced coffee? Yeah, because you have to make it and then you have to ice it. No, you don't. You make it cold. Right, you, and that makes it have more caffeine. I know that, but, but it's it takes not more a lot. work. It's not like you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to just make iced coffee in time for work, and you put it in the fridge. and you No, have I to- make a big batch of it exactly. once a week. It's I don't premeditated. It's not more work. Patty cake, patty cake. Okay, I'll cut that. I am that. that. I had a wild night last night. I went to the Chanhassen Dinner Theater with my mom and got lit. What'd you see? Mama Mia. Oh, that's cute. It's, yeah. I, we weren't really lit because you can't drink too much there. They kind of, they yeah. do a good job of cutting you off. Yeah. But we did get home late. I'm 
sorry. By late, I mean like I'm 30 now. So late's like 10 o'clock. We're driving home. I'm like, why are there so many cops? And I'm like, oh, it's like it's a weekend. 10 on a Saturday. I haven't seen this in a while. Why are there so much fuzz on my microphone? Because I have a bunny. Shayla's adjusting her hair like it matters. Roger the babies.